the celebration, the excitement, the joy of Christmas is here. As one person said, Christmas is that special time of year when all the family gathers together in one place to look at their cell phones. Another person said that Christmas is that magical time of year when all my money disappears. No matter how often we talk about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we read about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we think about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we sing about the birth of Jesus, no matter how many times we hear sermons preached about the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus was, is, and always will be amazing. And we get to celebrate his birth once again this morning together. Open your Bibles with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. We're continuing in our sermon series here over these past few weeks titled Emmanuel, God is with us. Matthew quoted uh, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah in his gospel when he wrote, See, the virgin will come pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. As we've seen over the past couple of weeks, Emmanuel, God is with us, provides protection. God protected Joseph, Mary, and Jesus every day in every way. God's protection of them included God's provision for them. God protects us and watches over us every day in every way. God's protection of us includes his provision for us as well. Emmanuel, God is with us, provides proof. As we looked last Sunday, God's plan for Jesus' birth includes proof of Jesus' birth. The birth of Jesus is not a fairy tale, myth, or legend. The birth of Jesus is truth that can be trusted by you and me today and every day. And so I want us to look at this truth, the birth of Jesus, this truth that can be trusted once again this morning. We'll be looking at Luke's account. I'll begin reading in Luke chapter 2. In verse 1, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Every time we read the birth of Jesus in the scriptures, God gives us fresh, new, deeper insight into the truth of his word. This story of the birth of Jesus never gets old. As Luke shared with us, Caesar Augustus was one of Rome's greatest emperors. Under Caesar's rule, the Roman Empire grew in size and strength and wealth and dominance in the Mediterranean world. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of all the citizens in Rome and the countries within the Roman Empire. The purpose of the census was so that the Roman government could get account of all its citizens, so then the Roman government could ensure proper military enlistment and taxation. Bible scholars tell us that Rome registered their citizens for a census by counting their people where they lived. The Jews, however, registered their people for a census by requiring their people to go back to their families hometown in order to be counted. So as we've read, God sovereignly timed the census from Caesar Augustus with Mary's pregnancy, with the time that would be needed for Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's hometown, so that they could be counted for the census, but so that they could also get to Bethlehem so Mary could give birth to Jesus in Bethlehem. This timing was so important because Micah, the Old Testament prophet, had prophesied hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before how the Savior, the Messiah, King Jesus, would be born in Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5, in verse 2, he wrote these words, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. And so we see and we know this amazing, amazing prophecy from Micah hundreds of years before was fulfilled in the birth of of Jesus. Our God is an awesome God. Tell your neighbor, our God is an awesome God. God's timing, as we see here once again, is perfect because God is perfect. God's timing is not our timing, and we can all rejoice in that truth because God's timing is always best because he's God, and he knows what is best for us. And so we see a third truth here in this passage that I want us to spend just a few moments discussing this morning together in our time as we worship the Savior. And that is simply this, Emmanuel, God is with us, provides perseverance, not just protection and proof, but provides perseverance. Perseverance means to continue steadfastly, to press on 
in our faith in God and in our obedience to God. Perseverance means to keep on keeping on in Christ Jesus. God's plan for Joseph, Mary, and Jesus included perseverance. Perseverance just leaps off the pages of Scripture here in this passage, in Luke's account, in Matthew's account. And so let's look at two points of perseverance from Joseph and Mary. Just two. We'll, we'll stick to two this morning. Just two points of perseverance from Joseph and Mary. Number one, they persevered through difficult circumstances. Joseph and Mary persevered through difficult circumstances. We see this throughout the account of the birth of Jesus. They persevered through difficult travel. Joseph and Mary did not go from Nazareth to Bethlehem by plane, train, bus, SUV, or Uber. They went by foot and by donkey. The distance between Nazareth and Jerusalem, which is just before Bethlehem. Bethlehem is just a little bit outside Jerusalem. So the distance between Nazareth and Bethlehem is 70 miles uphill over mountainous, rocky terrain. You see, Bethlehem is located in the mountain range in southern Israel, just outside of the city of Jerusalem. Nazareth is located in the northern part of Israel, just outside the Sea of Galilee. Joseph and Mary persevered through extremely difficult travel. They persevered through difficult conditions. Remember, Mary was very pregnant. Can you fathom? Ladies, guys, we're out. Ladies, can you fathom? Bethlehem was packed for the census. There was no rooms available at the local hospital, birthing center, or inn. Mary gave birth to Jesus out back in a stable or cave area. Mary used a manger or feeding trough as a crib for King Jesus. The travel, the conditions, oh, the perseverance demonstrated by Joseph and Mary. I think a third would be they persecuted, persevered also through difficult conversations. You stop and think about it with me. Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. Engagement then, as I've shared before, is different than engagement today. It's more formal, it's more binding then than it is today. During engagement, Joseph and Mary were called husband and wife. During their engagement period, they were pure because God's plan is purity before marriage and enjoyment in marriage. And so they had not been intimate with each other. And yet, Mary was pregnant. Therefore, Mary's pregnancy would have certainly been seen as unfaithfulness on her part to Joseph, which, quite honestly, is exactly what Joseph thought before the angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him what was happening and what was going on. And so 
I just imagine, and I'm sure you have as well and will with me this morning, some of those conversations of how Joseph and Mary would explain and describe what was going on with them as they met folks on their travel and as they interacted with folks all the way on their way to Bethlehem. I could imagine it going something like this, another couple or others seeing and meeting Joseph and Mary and going, well, hey, guys, how long have you all been married? And Joseph would have said, oh, we're not married. Oh. Well, Mary's pregnant. Yeah, but I'm not the father. Okay. If you're not the father, who's the father? Oh, it's God the Holy Spirit. Okay. How do you know this? Oh, that's easy. An angel of the Lord appeared to me in the middle of the night in a dream, and he told me all that was going to happen. Can you imagine? Now, remember, these conversations were not difficult for Joseph and Mary because they believed God and knew everything that God had said to them was true. However, these conversations could have been challenging for others to believe, understand, and completely grasp. And so we see this perseverance through difficult circumstances, something that you and I are very familiar with today. Secondly, see, Joseph and Mary persevered through dangerous opposition. Matthew told us in his gospel that King Herod was disturbed by the birth of Jesus, the one born king of the Jews. Herod had been appointed and installed as a king in Judea there by the Roman authorities. King Herod was threatened by the birth of Jesus, the one born king of the Jews. And so King Herod decided to come up with a plan. And that plan was he was going to try to use the wise men who came to worship Jesus from the east And so he met with the wise men, and he told them, I need you to tell me where this Jesus was born so that I can go and worship him. The truth was he wanted to go so that he could kill Jesus. And so we know and understand that he was trying to use the wise men. Well, we also know that Matthew told us the wise men followed the star, and they went and they made their way to Bethlehem, and they saw Jesus. They worshiped Jesus. They gave their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to the wise men in a dream and said, don't go back to King Herod. Because King Herod had told them, when you find him, come back and tell me where he is so that I can go and worship him. He said, don't go back to King Herod. So the wise men obeyed the angel, and they went back home by another route. And Matthew told us in his gospel, chapter 2 and verse 13, after they were gone, meaning the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. Joseph and Mary did everything the angel of the Lord told them to do. They got up in the night, they fled Bethlehem, and they went to Egypt. And they stayed in Egypt until King Herod had passed. Angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, it's okay now to go back 
home to go back to Israel. King Herod has passed. And so Joseph took Mary and Jesus and they went back to Israel, settled in Nazareth, a town just outside of the Galilee area where Jesus would grow up and spend his childhood years. God empowered Joseph and Mary to persevere in their faith in him and in their obedience to him. As we see clearly in the scriptures, God was with them. God was watching over them. God was at work in them. God was at work for them. God was at work through them. He was at work around them. God empowered Joseph and Mary to persevere through difficult circumstances, to persevere through dangerous opposition from King Herod. He allowed them to persevere through death threats by King Herod. He allowed them to persevere and empowered them to persevere through their sudden move in the middle of the night to Egypt. He empowered them to persevere through their adjustment to new life in Egypt. He empowered them to persevere through their move back to Israel and Nazareth from Egypt. As we look at this passage in Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel, as we observe Joseph and Mary, we see perseverance flying off the pages of Scripture from every verse. We see how God empowered Joseph and Mary to persevere and faith and obedience to him. Emmanuel, God is with us, provides perseverance for us today. The birth of Jesus reminds us that perseverance is a must for us. God calls us to persevere when we face difficult circumstances, when we face difficult people, when we face difficult trials, when we face difficult tests of faith. God calls us to persevere when we face times of discouragement, when we face times of doubt, when we face times of fear, when we face times of frustration, when we face times of loneliness, when we face times of loss, when we face times of suffering, when we face times of stress, when we face times of temptation, when we face times of uncertainty. God calls us to persevere when we face conflict at home with our family, with our friends, when we face conflict with our husband, with our wife, when we face conflict at work. God calls us to persevere when we face opposition to our faith in Jesus, when we face ridicule for our faith in Jesus. God calls us to persevere as we engage in spiritual warfare on a daily basis. God calls us to persevere as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God calls us to persevere as we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God calls us to persevere as we love our neighbor as ourselves. God calls us to persevere as we love one another as Christ has loved us. God calls us to persevere as we trust in the Lord with all our heart. God calls us to persevere as we lean not on our own understanding. God calls us to persevere as we think about God in all our ways. God calls us to persevere as we deny ourselves, as we take up our cross daily, and as we follow King Jesus. God calls us to persevere as we go and make disciples of all nations. He calls us to persevere as we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He calls us to persevere as we teach them to observe and obey all that he has commanded us. Perseverance is a must for us. But here's the good news this morning. 
God calls us to persevere, but even more importantly, God empowers us to persevere. God empowers you and me, his kids, to persevere, to press on, to keep on keeping on in our faith in him and in our obedience to him. God empowers us to persevere in Jesus for Jesus. So what can we take away today? What's our application this morning as we celebrate Christmas Eve with family, with friends, as we celebrate Christmas Eve as a church family this morning in this evening? What is our takeaway? How does God help us persevere? We see it because each of us are more than likely dealing with the circumstances, situation in life. Some of these circumstances and situations have been ongoing that calls for perseverance from us. Some of our circumstances and situations have happened recently over the course of the last couple of days or the last week. And so God has ordained that we gather together this morning so that we can look at this amazing story of the birth of his son, our Savior, Jesus, so that we could receive his encouragement, his instruction to help us persevere in our faith in him, in our obedience to him, so that we can also help others persevere in their faith and obedience. So I just want to focus on two quick points that we can take with us this morning this afternoon, for the rest of this week, that we can apply in our lives, with our family, with our friends, with all those that God's going to bring our way. First, we persevere as we look to God. Now, if you see here in the scriptures, Joseph, Mary, they look to God. Elizabeth, Zechariah, Simeon, Anna, the wise men, the shepherds. If you look at all the different characters that we see in the gospel accounts that were there for the birth of Jesus, one thing we see that they were all looking to God. They were all looking to the angel that God sent their way. They were all looking to God. Here's what we need to be reminded of this morning. Perseverance comes vertically, not horizontally. Perseverance comes vertically, not horizontally. We must look to God, not ourselves, or others when it comes to perseverance. Our strength is not enough. God's strength is enough. Our wisdom is not enough. God's wisdom is enough. Our understanding is not enough. God's understanding is enough. Our grace is not enough. God's grace is enough. Our love is not enough. God's love is enough. We must look to God every day in every way for that perseverance that he provides for us. As the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I sought the Lord and he rescued me from all my fears. You see, you and I need to take the example that we see from Joseph and Mary and all the other characters in this passage, and we need to look to God today. We need to look to God as we're spending time with family throughout the day. We need to look to God as we travel where the Lord's going to take us here and there. We need to look to God every day in every way. Now, we look to God as we spend time in God's Word, as we spend time in prayer. In essence, we are looking to God right here, right now. We look to God as we spend time in worship of God. We're looking to him. Our eyes are on him. Our lives are open to him. We look to God as we serve those that God brings our way. We look to God 
As we fellowship with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we look to God as we tell others about Jesus. These are all ways that we look to God day by day, moment by moment, step by step. Scripture makes it real clear. And this is why one of the many reasons we need each other. We encourage one another to persevere. We pray with one another to persevere. We pray for one another to persevere. But God and God alone empowers us to persevere. He empowers me. He empowers you to persevere, to press on, to keep on keeping on. When you want to throw in the towel, when you want to give up, when the pain is overwhelming, when the questions just don't seem to be able to be answered, when the stress is weighing heavy on you, when the loss and the burdens and the grief is wearing you down, God and God alone is the one who empowers us to press on, to keep on keeping on in our faith in him and our obedience to him. Though we may not see what God's doing, though we may not like what God's doing, though we may not understand what God's doing, though we may not want to wait any longer for whatever it is that God's doing for us and he's not brought it to us at that moment, God and God alone encourages us to keep persevering. He empowers us to persevere in our faith and obedience to him in the midst of the most challenging and difficult times as well on the mountaintops, but in the valleys and every step and place in between. The second point, we persevere as we look to God. The second point is real simple. We persevere by the power of God. As we look to God, we persevere by the power of God. Now, we all know this as followers of Jesus Christ. But it's always good to be reminded and just to think through it. God knew that we would need help to confess our sins to him on a daily basis. God knew we would need help to live his way. God knew we would need help to love his way. God knew as his kids we would need help to persevere in our faith in him. He knew we would need help to persevere in our obedience to him. He knew we would be quick to throw in the towel and run from him. He knew we would need help to persevere. He knew we would need help to process our circumstances, ourselves, life, and others according to his truth and not our wisdom. God knew we would need help to do anything of spiritual significance. And so God gave us a helper, his Holy Spirit. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power to live God's way day by day. Jesus told his disciples, his followers, and us this Years and years ago, just before he was getting ready to ascend into heaven, to sit at the right hand of the throne of God, where he sits today, just before he ascended into heaven, he gathered his disciples and followers together. And that includes you and me this morning, because we have the truth of God's word before us. And he said these words, but you will receive power. Say power with me. Again. But you will receive power. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in you and me as a child of God, and he empowers us to persevere in our faith in God and in our obedience to God as witnesses for God. We have the power, God's power, alive and at work in us. And so God didn't just call us to persevere, and he just doesn't sit up there in heaven looking at all of our difficult circumstances and situations that we have to navigate. And he didn't just say, well, I'm calling you to persevere. No, he, he empowers us. He placed his spirit in us so that we can persevere. And as we persevere by God's power in us, like Joseph and Mary, we get to see God do what only God can do. As we persevere, we see God at work in us. As we persevere, we see God at work for us. As we persevere, we see God at work through us. As we persevere, we see God at work in those he has placed around us. As we persevere by God's power alive and at work in us, we are blessed by God. As we persevere, we are able to be a blessing to others for God. As we persevere, God Almighty is glorified in and through our lives. Because as others see and observe our perseverance, they know it's it's not from us, and they are able to then look to God, who is the only able, he's the only one, he's the only answer, he's the only source of the power that we're able to display through our perseverance. It's him. And he gets all the glory, praise, and honor for how he's empowering us. God gets the glory. Joseph and Mary, their perseverance, the perseverance of Zechariah and Elizabeth, all these heroes. Throughout the scriptures, from cover to cover, Old Testament and New Testament, we see perseverance jumping off God's word, the pages of God's word, and God gets the glory. You name your hero, you name your passage, you name your circumstance and situation, and you're going to see perseverance there, and you're going to see Almighty God providing that necessary perseverance so that his will will be fulfilled. The birth of Jesus also reminds us again this morning that Jesus understands perseverance. Amen? Jesus, God's Son, our Savior, understands perseverance. Jesus persevered in his obedience to God perfectly in every way. Jesus persevered through opposition. He persevered through persecution. He persevered through pain. He persevered through humiliation. He persevered through ridicule. He persevered through false accusations. He persevered through beatings. He persevered through temptation. He persevered through the crown of thorns being driven into his skull. He persevered through the sword in his side. He persevered through the nails in his hands and feet. He persevered through death on the cross for you and for me. You see, the crib is connected to the cross. The manger out back is connected to the empty tomb. 
Which is why the writer of Hebrews tells you and me today, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race of the Christian life that has been marked out for us by God. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. We're looking to him. The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He persevered through the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition, who persevered from such, through such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We live in a sin-darkened world. And it's easy for us as followers of Jesus to grow weary and lose heart in our walk with the Lord, in our relationship with the Lord. It's easy for us to let that light of Christ in us begin to, to dim and to be reduced down to just a flicker. And what we see from the birth of Jesus, what we see throughout the Word of God is that as we look to God, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we are able to persevere by the power of God alive in us, the Holy Spirit working in us. And we have a great high priest, King Jesus, who understands us. He understands perseverance. He understands all the challenges that face us. And he is more than ready and able to help us. Since Jesus endured, we can endure. Since Jesus persevered, we can persevere. Since Jesus overcame, we can overcome. The birth of Jesus reminds us again this morning that God does not keep us from difficulties and trials in life. Now, the birth of Jesus reminds us that God is with us. And he empowers us so that we can persevere in and through all the difficulties and trials in life and our faith in him and our obedience to him. You see, as we look at the pages of Scripture and as we look at our lives, we see this common refrain of perseverance, perseverance, perseverance coming before us, coming up to us again and again and again. So God clearly speaking to you and me this morning, and he's calling on us once again to persevere in his power. What does that mean? It means let's look to God this morning. Let's cry out to God. Let's believe God. Let's trust God. Let's obey God. Let's rejoice in the birth of King Jesus, let's rejoice that we have the power to persevere by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Let's persevere in our faith and our obedience and our love for God in one another. And let's make sure on this Christmas Eve morning that we know that we know that we know that we have received God's gift of love, life, and salvation by faith and trust in His Son, our Savior, King Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response. 
And we're going to worship through song, and as we worship through song, there's going to be some prayer partners standing here, and the altar is open as it always is for us to come and respond in obedience to the Father as He's speaking to us, as He's encouraging us. No doubt, with God pouring His truth into us regarding perseverance, there's a, a great need for that in your life. Maybe it's not you personally, but maybe it's someone very close to you. God's brought you here so that you can be a minister of his grace, of his encouragement, maybe to a brother or sister here in this room, maybe to a family member here in this room. Maybe God wants you to just grab their hand, to go to them, to pray over them, to pray for them, to bless them in Jesus' name. These prayer partners are standing here at the front. They'd love, they would love to pray for you. If you have a need, a care, a concern, you can make your way to these prayer partners and they will pray for you. They'll pray over you. We don't ever want anyone to, to leave a time when we're together in God's word, carrying the same burdens they brought in. It's an opportunity for us to lay them at the Lord's feet. It's an opportunity for each of us right now just to look to God once again. And as we look to him, he's going to speak to us in different ways because we're all at different points different places, dealing with difficult circ different circumstances and situations, many of those circumstances difficult. And he's ready, as always, to empower us by his spirit in us. Listen, if you've yet to receive God's gift of salvation by your faith in Jesus, why not today? Why not right here this morning? Say yes to Jesus. The birth of Jesus led to the perfect life of Jesus, and that led to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we know the resurrection of Jesus leads to the opportunity for us to receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God by His grace. Through our response of faith in Jesus, you see, Jesus took our place on the cross and He paid our price for sin. We can receive new life, abundant life, eternal life with God by faith in Jesus. So here this morning, in just a moment, we're going to stand. If you've yet to receive that gift of salvation, you want to this morning, then make your way here. These prayer partners would love to introduce you to Jesus. I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. You can reach out to a person sitting near you. I'm sure they'd love to introduce you to Jesus as well. This is our time with the fathers. We're looking to him. We're looking to him. He's speaking. He's empowering us. He's leading us to respond in obedience. So let's say yes to him. Let's stand and say yes to the Father.